Welcome back to episode 146 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week 11. Now for this episode, I'm going to devote a large segment towards the end to a trio of players largely out of action so far this season and for which questions and mentions have started to really heat up. That's Ivan Tony, Nkunku and De Bruyne. Is it time to welcome them back to your draft teams or is it still too early to pull the trigger? Find out what I think later in this episode plus a few of the usual gaming preview picks from your waiver piles. Because of the time I'll spend on the aforementioned trio, hidden gems will be concise and there won't be any trade chat today. I'm recording this episode on Tuesday 31st of October so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then and of course subjects change. Let's dive straight into it. So a quick look at Wavewatch from last week. The main players that you were bringing in were Mudrick, Cole Palmer, Wood, Adingra and Lascelles. Lascelles was also the highest free agency pickup ahead of game week 10. The players leaving were Solly March. He was the highest free agent uh, move out last week too. hudson Adoy, Mount, Emerson. And interestingly, quite a few of you now have lost patience with Morgan Gibbs-White. Um, and I can't say I blame you. In terms of fixtures, um, Aston Villa continue their nice run, but you've all hoovered their guys up now. West Ham move into quite a nice period now. Brentford away, Forest at home, Burnley away, Palace at home, but not in the best form themselves. In terms of this week, Wolves away to Sheffield United is a standout. Plenty of waiver options here, but without Neto, their attacking prowess doesn't appeal to me at all. Neto has been directly involved in nine of the 13 goals that Wolves have scored so far this season. So a huge miss, but defensively they would still appeal to me. Um, I think this could be a nil-nil banker. The other obvious one where you could find a midfielder or two knocking around uh, is Liverpool. They're away to Luton this week and again, uh, I think a lot of their guys will get picked up. In terms of some main picks, first one I'm going to mention is Suchek for West Ham. Now, I was surprised when I was looking down the table for expected goal involvements per 90 so far this season that Suchek's currently sitting on 0.5. So essentially, some sort of attacking return one in two games. Now, he didn't start in their 1-0 defeat to Everton, and perhaps Moyes will think twice about dropping him again this weekend away at Brentford. I'm almost certain he'll play. Brentford have some big guys in there, and they'll value Suchek's physical presence. They play Forest uh, next, who have conceded five from set pieces themselves so far this year. Only Sheffield United have an inferior record uh, with six. So 50% availability in 10-team leagues for Suchek. Uh, and I think he could be a popular one, maybe even quite a popular last-minute free agency pickup. Quick shout to Abdoulaye Decore, um, although he's not really under the radar anymore. 0.7 expected goal involvements per 90. His ownership has shot up, hovering around 3-5% to in the early weeks to now 62% ownership in 10-team leagues. Everton are at home to Brighton this week. Um, I would fancy Everton to at least score in that game. Whether the result ends up their way, I'm not so sure. And then they follow that up with an away game at Palace, which again, isn't the worst fixture on paper for them at the moment, considering they were able to go to West Ham and get a result on game week 10. Whether or not it's a little bit too late to jump on the Decore train now, and maybe we've missed his little hot streak, um, I'll leave that to you to decide. But I think he's definitely one I would consider picking up if you're looking to stream a midfielder this week. 
The main midfielder I've got my eye on, though, is Brennan Johnson for Spurs, and I think he will start against Chelsea on Monday night. Uh, His substitute appearance was very good, and the move for the second goal was exactly what was needed to break Palace down in that moment. Chelsea will want to have their fair share of the ball in the next game. Both teams will be looking for quick transitions and trying to win the ball high. Richarlison has been doing a fine workman-type job on that left wing, but the position requires goal threat to really make this Postacoglu system sustainable. I think if you're Chelsea, you fear Brennan Johnson on that wing far more than you do Richarlison. Ownership dipped slightly last week and currently sits around 36% in 10-team leagues, so he's available for a lot of draft managers out there, and he'd be a priority waiver this week in many cases. Into hidden gems. Um, First one's Craig Dawson for Wolves. Um, To be honest, the whole Wolves defence in general with a game against Sheffield United. I always like Dawson, though, for his set-piece threat. Uh, And as mentioned already, Sheffield United have the worst defensive record from set-pieces so far, so it could be a match made in heaven. Next is Gravenberch for Liverpool, and I think this Liverpool midfield three of him, McAllister and Spozlai um, could be here to stay in the Premier League. It provides a lot of attacking threat, and with an away game at Luton up next, I expect draft managers happily to settle for any piece of the Liverpool pie they can get hold of. I even grabbed McAllister last week in my main draft league against my better judgment, but really had one eye on this week. But I think if Gravenberch was there, um, he's obviously playing slightly more further forward and would interest me more. Another Everton player to mention, who we've mentioned on the pod already and quickly settling into the form he showed in his best Premier League outings in a lead shirt, is Harrison. Another assist, and as I said, next game at home to Brighton should guarantee more goals for Everton, with Brighton still searching for their first clean sheet. Ownership for Harrison sits around 10% in 10-team leagues, which is far too low, and I'm quite sure he'll be up and out of hidden gem territory soon. My most hidden gem pick is a pretty boring one and I already sort of mentioned that the Wolves defence in general is uh, is something to target. But Totti Gomez is available in more than 90% of 16-team draft leagues and I think if that applies to you, he's a very easy waiver pickup to make heading into this game week. So let's talk about those three players that I mentioned right at the beginning. Ivan Tony, De Bruyne and Nkunku. Going to start with Ivan Tony. Um, suspension that we knew would last... 20 game weeks, 10 down, 10 to go. Actually, not quite, because City against Brentford in game week 18 is a blank due to City being in the Club World Cup in December. So actually, it's an even split for the season. He'll be banned for 19 and he'll be eligible for 19 at the end with uh, what will be at least one double game week. Based on the previous uh, two seasons... Tony plays just over 85% of the minutes for Brentford and uh, starts every game. Suffice to say, we don't need to doubt his playing time. Now, last year, he got 20 goals and four assists. The year before, 12 goals and five assists. So I think 16 goals and four assists would seem a very conservative estimate for a full season output as things stand. So if you wanted to look at it from uh, more of a team performance perspective, Last year, Tony scored a third of Brentford's goals. That would put him on track for another 20-goal season again this year based on how they've been going so far. All of these numbers are based on a full season, though, so we do, of course, need to half them to work out an expectation from the latter half of the season. So so for the purpose of any future calculations, I'm going to assume nine goals and two assists from his remaining 19 fixtures. So allowing for generous bonus points, uh, that would equate to a final season tally around 85 FBL points. 
This could be higher, but I think if you balance that potential with the fact he could reasonably and understandably be a bit rusty, I'm going to stick to that. So 85 points over 19 game weeks is around four and a half points per game week, which is a very nice output. This means if you were to pick him up now, going into game week 11, that's 85 points spread over 28 remaining game weeks, which would put him at around three points per game week come the end of the season. This is where the maths gets a bit messy and uh, would be liable to different interpretations depending on a whole number of factors, particularly league size and also your squad composition. Now, we can hark back to the pod I put out in the summer to do with value-based drafting. In order to calculate value, we need some way of benchmarking players. Now, this could either be based on your worst starter or on the best replacement generally available in the waiver pile. Now, take last week, Semenyo, for example, nine points, which if you picked him up uh, instead of holding on to Tony, for example, would write off the value of holding Tony for three game weeks. But over 10 game weeks so far, he's only managed 24 points. So that's 2.4 points per week. This is Semenyo. Far inferior to three points a week you'd get by picking up Tony now. Now, you could try your luck at fishing out a new striker every week from the waivers, um, you know, trying to find goals and assists. But the odds you can reliably find three points uh, per week, I think, are stacked against you. Also, the reality that you'd actually put them in your starting 11 in the first place is probably quite low. Currently, if you look at the list of strikers in the transactions tab, and if you order them in terms of their FPL points tally so far, if you draw a line under Cunha on 32 points, you could make a case for dropping any of the players below that in favour of Tony. Now, there are some obvious exceptions in there. Um, Gabriel Jesus, Hoyland, uh, DCL is starting to find form after missing the beginning of the year. Also, if you're into your expected output to judge players, Nicholas Jackson has expected goal involvements uh, so far, totaling five, despite just the two goals. So he's another one uh, that could be undervalued if you were simply looking at points. Now, of course, if your team currently has a number of injuries, taking on another one that you know will have to sit there for another 10 game weeks may not be the smartest move when we're all regularly having to rely on our bench due to the natural rotation that happens week to week. And rotation that only gets worse as we near the fixture-packed festive schedule. So that's a lot of waffle and numbers that I understand can be a little hard to follow when you're driving to work or walking your dog. So let me boil it down to this. If you've got a generally healthy squad that isn't carrying any long-term injuries in a league of eight or more, which should apply to most of you, I would seriously consider moving for Tony in the next week or two if he's available. Now, if you drafted three strikers in the opening rounds on draft day that are all right up there in terms of the tally so far, then maybe not. But for the majority of listeners, you'll probably have one or two decent forwards, plus a guy who you can happily let go of, who is mostly sitting on your bench. And that guy could become Ivan Tony. Ownership in 10 team leagues is 66% currently. Um, marked variations uh, across different league sizes. So I know this problem um, is something that needs answering for quite a number of you out there. Next is Nkunku. Now, hopefully that's laid some of the groundwork for how I consider these moves uh, and we can apply it to the other two big names um, that we've got left. Starting with Nkunku now. Nkunku's calculation has the added complication that we've not seen him play a single Premier League minute after he got injured on the eve of game week one. So let's look at another couple of new uh, stars that have joined from the Bundesliga. I'm going to mention Diaby and Suboslai. Diaby is matching, if not slightly bettering, his expecting goal involvements per 90 that he got last year in Germany. So Boslai is around a third below 
Um, obviously a very different type of player and Diaby has found himself um, particularly in part of a very exciting Aston Villa attack. Now last year Nkunku had an expected goal involvement per 90 of 0.86 which put him around fourth overall in the Bundesliga amongst the regular starters. Now this is the second season in a row he'll have missed a, a decent chunk through injury which is a slight concern. The season before he managed 33 goal involvements in 34 appearances. In other words all phenomenal figures in the context of the German league. Now, assuming some Premier League tax that needs to be paid and also factoring in the general state of Chelsea's attack, and I'll be careful how I word that ahead of Spurs-Chelsea on Monday, it's really hard to predict how well he's going to do. Now, we're also not dealing with a black and white cutoff like Tony's ban, so we don't know for sure exactly when he'll be back in action. Current rumour is that he could feature as early as after the next international break, which is as soon as game week 13. Let's be conservative and say that he comes back in game week 15, allowing for a couple of sub-appearances to bed him in. That's 25 game weeks that he'd have left. Let's then be conservative again and say that he scores 12 and assists 2. I'd assign a rough end-of-season tally of 125 points. That's a very tidy 5 points per game week. And I really shouldn't have to sell it any more than that. In 10 team leagues, he's currently owned in 75%. So in other words, he's free in 25%. And in some smaller leagues below eight teams, he's available in more than half of leagues. And you'd have to find a very, very good reason not to find space on your bench to park him for just another few weeks. So if he's gone under the radar in your league and he's still sat there, he is a massive priority this week. And then finally, our old favourite, Kevin De Bruyne. Now with De Bruyne, again... Another issue to contend with is his return date. Now, De Bruyne is no stranger to a serious injury and he's not getting any younger. Initial reports on the nature of the injury would have seen him return in the new year, around game week 20. Then Pep said in a press conference a few weeks ago that his return was hopefully sooner than expected, whatever that means. But rather than getting too bogged down in this conversation, let's simply ask, does it matter? The difference is potentially five game weeks. So let's assume based on recent season data, um, where we know De Bruyne plays about two-thirds of the minutes um, in the Premier League. So with that remaining sort of uh, game time, we expect another 1,100, 1,300 minutes of, of football. And from that, probably between 12 and 14 attacking returns. So for an FBL points uh, total come the end of the season, somewhere between 85 to 100 points. Now, depending on that return date, that comes out at about four to five points per game week. So if you were to pick him up now, you'd be wanting to count on an early return and, pro and also hopefully count on the higher end of those scoring estimates that I just mentioned. Now in leagues of 12+, plus, he would probably have been held for a lot of leagues um, and the ownership stats reflect that. Around 10 team leagues, if you've got a decent squad and uh, you know a full playing bench, now would seem definitely the right time to take him. For smaller leagues, I think it would boil down to how your season is panning out, your appetite for risk. It's too simple to say... If you're doing badly, grab him. And if you're doing well, ignore him for now. As those flying high could have more leeway to support an early gamble in a move that could consolidate that lofty position right down the stretch. Now, if you're near the bottom and have the chance to pick him up, he'll become a great trading chip uh, should you decide to move him out in the near future too. Obviously, the big risk with De Bruyne is that he gets injured again come you know before the season's out and uh, all this maths goes completely out the window. <laughs> 
So that's it for this episode. A reminder that the game week waiver deadline this week is at 11am on Friday the 3rd of November ahead of a normal run of Saturday fixtures through to Sunday and then Monday night football between Spurs and Chelsea. Now, if you're new to the podcast, make sure that you're following or subscribed on whichever podcast platform you listen on so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. Also, for those regular listeners, um, you may not have seen a couple of months ago, we did launch our YouTube channel. We just posted our second video on there last week. Um, if you just search Draft FC, you'll be able to find it on that video. Uh, it's myself and Draft FC Kieran having a bit more of a general chat um, around trades, which gives us the opportunity to open up and talk about some players that I don't normally get a chance to mention on the game week previews. So go there, subscribe, and give that a watch um, if you've got the time going to try and make that a regular type of thing to just give you some slightly different content on a regular basis and that will also be slightly longer form for those that prefer um, a bit more of a sit down to have in the background if you need to message us as always the easiest way is on twitter give us a follow at draft underscore fc um, always happy to take any questions on there and of course if you've got this far into the podcast you clearly are a dedicated draft manager for official fpl and if you haven't already signed up to our website, then you are really missing out. We keep adding new features every month. We've just added uh, a lovely page view where you can look back at all of the previous uh, game week matchups and the teams that each manager fielded that week uh, with a nice pitch view so you can quickly flick back and see how everyone earned their points. We're continuing to make uh, improvements week by week to our expected points model, which feeds in to our lovely fixture difficulty rating table and of course our main waiver planner which has uh, personalized suggestions for your league as well as an optimal lineup feature to help you decide who to put in the 11 and who to put on the bench. So that's enough for this episode. Best of luck ahead of game week 11 and until next time, stay shook. Sure.